So uh, this is one of my favorite series that we do every year. We do a series that we uh, take the blockbuster movies of last year or maybe the end of the previous year, the big blockbuster ones, and we use it as a springboard to uncover a God story behind the scenes. You know, it's, it's, just, it, it's just an excuse to talk about something and, and incorporate movies in the middle of it. That's really what we're doing. And a lot of us, we watch movies and we're part of movies. And so it's nothing new to actually use current stuff to communicate timeless truth. If you're wondering, well, man, I don't know if we should be doing that in church. Jesus took what was current to his time and, and used it as a springboard to talk about spiritual things. Paul, one time, was walking through a city, and he used all this, the religious things that were current of that day and talked about spiritual things. So this isn't anything new. It's actually some, a very practical way to examine spiritual truth. Here's the one disclaimer that I have. I have to throw it out there because sometimes I get feedback and people get upset and all that good stuff. Is that we are not necessarily agreeing with everything the movie says or represents. All right? So we're not saying because today we're talking about aliens that we believe in aliens. All right? It's just a movie about aliens. Okay? And so that's the disclaimer. Uh, I'm not necessarily a big movie watcher. I mean, I could go a long time and not watch movies. Not because I'm anti-movie. I just, I don't know. I just don't do it, you know, that often. Matter of fact, I probably go to more movies in preparation for this series than I do during the entire rest of the year, right? I'm on assignment, you know. I, I went to the, to the movie earlier this week, and as I'm walking out, one of Southridge people w- was walking in and said, hey, are you doing homework? I said, yep, I am, <laughs> you know. So it's, it's the one time that the church actually pays for me to go to a movie. It's really nice. Um, and so this week, I went to this year's biggest blockbuster so far, and maybe you didn't realize this. What I do is I go and I look at, like, the blockbuster, uh, the, the dollar amounts of things that who's watching what and who goes the most. And the number one movie to this point this year is Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's full of explosions and fights and typical Marvel movie, you know, Marvel the comics. Uh, you know, it's not a comic movie, but it's a Marvel-type movie with good guys and villains, and there's a little humor. Let me show you the trailer. It'll kind of set you up. If you haven't seen it, you'll understand what we're talking about. So, Leah, go ahead. I come from Earth, a planet of outlaws. My name is Peter Quill. There's one other name you might know me by. Star-Lord. Who? Well, Star-Lord, man, legendary outlaw. Guys, forget it. So here we are. A thief, two thugs, an assassin, and a maniac. But we're not gonna stand by as evil wipes out the galaxy. I guess we're stuck together. Partners. Are you telling me the fate of 12 billion people is in the hands of these criminals? Oh, yeah. just now realized it was Vin Diesel as the guy in the tree. I didn't know that. 
Well, so here's a little background, all right? Here's the background. If you haven't seen it, uh, I'll try not to be, what do they call a, a spoil alert? I'll try not to do the whole spoil alert thing, but I'll, I'll do my best. So the story revolves around a young man, Peter Quill, who loses his mother at an early age, about 12 or so, in 1988. And it starts out, he's got this Walkman on, and he's playing that, that old 80s mu- music. And so his mother dies in the hospital, and he runs outside of the hospital only to be abducted by alien renegades. I mean, that's kind of, that's the story. Uh, And Peter Quill becomes a professional thief traveling from planet to planet in pursuit of something that makes it all come together. He calls himself Star-Lord, even though nobody else knows he's Star-Lord. He just kind of gives himself this own hero name. And in the process, he stumbles upon a bigger issue. Doesn't that sound like life sometimes? Just doing my life, just doing my thing, and then I stumble upon something. He stumbles upon a bigger issue when he steals a powerful weapon called the orb. And he finds himself in the middle of a life and death story and decides to get involved to save the world. That's, that's the story. And so the character is interesting. It's Rocket, the three-foot-tall raccoon that talks. And he's a techie, clever, ballistic, witty kind of guy. I mean, so he's got all these kind of things. He's kind of military kind of thing. He's, he's funny. There's Groot, the tree, Vin Diesel thing, uh, that only says three words during the whole movie. I am Groot. I am Groot. That's all he says. And the raccoon can interpret I am Groot into long sentences. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, I don't know if he's just making it up or what, but it, it, it's kind of funny. Um, and then there's Gamora, the green lady who is a reluctant assassin. She is untrusting. She doesn't trust anybody. She's had a life of untrust, so now she doesn't trust. And she has a, a personal hidden agenda that happens all the time. And then there's Drax, the muscle-bound, uh, bald, muscle dude with scar-like tattoos. And he's bent on getting revenge on the bad guys because they killed his wife and child. And he's not the brightest bulb in the package. I mean, he's just not very smart. Matter of fact, here's, here's one time. Peter sarcastically calls him a walking thetharsis. And, and he resents it and says, I am not. You know, he's got this real killer voice. And then Peter responds and says, it's just a metaphor, dude. You know, like that. And Gomorrah says, it went right over his head. Never mind, just leave it alone. And quickly, the bald-headed Drax guy responds and says, nothing will go over my head. I will grab it and destroy it. <laughs> they all roll, his, all roll their eyes, and it's just kind of one of those funny little moments there so the villains are Ronan and Thanos who want to completely control and destroy the planet and all the people that are on it uh, typical uh, movie Marvel type movie the good guys the bad guys so here's some possible topics that we could explore we're and here here's one we're all motivated by something what what in our lives is worth dying for that's that's something we could talk about here's another one when you're in a difficult place what are you going to do or what will you do what do you do when you're in a difficult place, how will you react? And, and so that's, that could easily be a topic. Uh, power and control are not as great as they seem. And so we could talk about how to avoid chasing after the wrong things. And here's another one. When life hijacks your dreams, what do you do? When life hijacks your dreams, what do you do? And we could have talked about maintaining hope when it's hopeless. And then there's a place in a movie that's called Nowhere. It's actually a planet called Nowhere. And, and it has no regulations and no rules, and, and everyone is out for themselves. I mean, kind of just think about that. And, and so we could talk about the importance of finding our identity and peace in the midst of chaos. 
And so there's kind of some themes there we could. But today I want to talk about this thought, and it's this, is that we're all created to guard something. We're all created to guard something. You know, the definition of guard is to protect, to watch over something valuable, to defend something from attack, uh, you know, to keep something safe. We understand guarding. Uh, you know, something powerful, though, happens when we realize we have an important role to play in this guarding idea. It happens to us. All of a sudden, we, we get a sense of, of boldness, if you will, a, a sense of confidence, a sense of destiny, a sense of, of fight in this that comes alive because we understand our role as guardians of something. And so in the movie, they all finally realized that they were destined to guard the galaxy. And I think we're destined to guard something as well. And so they, they all come this, to that idea. But there's some things, that I, I, as I was processing that, that, that some of us, we don't guard anything. We actually miss the mark. And there's some reasons I think we miss the mark of guarding. And here they are real quickly. Some of us are just asleep at the gate. Some of us, we're supposed to be guarding, but for whatever reason, we just fell asleep. We got tired. We nodded off, and we're not guarding at all. You know, people are walking by. Things are happening, and we're just asleep at, a gate, at the gate. And we are guarding poorly and not doing it very well. Here's another one is some of us are just unaware that we're supposed to be guarding anything. And, and because of that, you know, we don't, we, don't, we don't even know that we're supposed to be guarding something. So the idea of guarding or just going after that just doesn't even happen. It's not part of who we are. And the last one is some of us think we're, we are the exception to this idea that we're all created to guard. <laughs> yeah, you are and everybody else is but not me. That somehow it's, I'm the exception, I'm the one on the planet or the one person that doesn't have to be a part of that because we think we have a uniquely different assignment than everybody else. And, and so that kind of gets interesting because you could take that and, and begin to ask or think about things that we guard because we think that's our assignment that really aren't worth guarding at all. And so that's a big part of it. So I want to walk through though. I did a Bible study, I went and pulled out a bunch of scriptures, and I just a- I asked myself, what are the things in scripture that we're supposed to guard? What are we supposed to guard? If, if we're followers of Christ, and, and, or maybe you're considering this idea, what is it that I'm supposed to guard, and, and what would make sense? And there's all kinds of them, I, I just try to come up with the top ten, and there might be more or less, and you know, it's not a perfect top ten s- setup, but I think it's a, it's a close one. So here's the first one. I'll just go through them real quickly. Is that you're supposed to guard your being. Your being. It says in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else. The very core of your being is what it's talking about. For it determines the course of your life. There's this idea that who I am, truly who I am, is something that I should guard. Because it affects everything else in life. And so what's that mean? It means guard against any attitude that brings a stain on your being. Any attitude that brings a stain on your being, you're like, what would that be? Things like bitterness, <laughs> jealousy, hate, resentment. I mean, all these different things that could bring a stain upon your heart. Whatever it might be, it's an attitude of the heart that would actually stain your heart and keep you from what God wants you to become. Guard your being. So, and here's the second one. Guard your marriage. Guard your marriage. For those of you that are married, it's guard it right now. For those of you that are hopefully somewhere down the road, you're going to get married, guard what you're going to be in that marriage. Guard your marriage. It says in, in Malachi chapter 2, it says, So be on your guard and, be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. And, and, and I, I just 
thought of it this way, defend your marriage, fight for your marriage, protect your marriage from anything that would try to divide it. Guard against anything that would invite you to be unfaithful. Guard it. Don't, don't let it happen. Matter of fact, we're getting ready in a, a, a month. It'll be four weeks from now. Four weeks from now, we're going to have this thing called I Still Do. It's a 8 to 4 o'clock Saturday thing for couples or couples that want to be. It isn't necessarily just you have to be. But for anybody that wants to come out and be a part of this, I Still Do. Matter of fact, we've got a video. We're going to show it right now. Throw that in there, Leah. So here's the deal. We, we all need to guard our marriages or, or future marriages, and we've signed up as a church to be the Washington, D.C. one. It's a live event. We're going to be simulcasting it at our church offices at the same time, and so if you're married or you ever think you want to be married, that pretty much includes almost everybody in here, uh, this would be a great event for you to be a part of, so don't miss that. Guard your marriage. Here's the, here's the third one. Guard the truth. Proverbs 4.13. It says, hold on to instruction, do not let it go, guard it well, for it is your life. It's, it's guarding the truth of Jesus because he said it has the power to set you free. Guard the truth. Here's another one, number four, guard your future. Second John 1, 8 says, watch out that you do not lose what you have, we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. And that idea that we would guard tomorrow by being alert today. Here's number five, guard your words. Proverbs 21, 23 says, those who are careful about what they say, keep themselves out of, out of trouble. How many can say, I agree with that? <laughs> right. Words can bring life or take life. Be careful how you use them. Here, number six, guard your path. Proverbs 16, 17, the highway of the upright avoids evil. Those who guard their ways preserve their lives. Meaning, guard the direction of your life. Look ahead carefully and ask yourself, where is this going to end up? That's it's saying guard your path, guard your, your way. Number seven, guard the house of God. Ezekiel 44, 14 says, and I will appoint them to guard the temple for the work that has to be done in it. Almost sounds a lot like what we started off in our conversation today, that I would understand that this is an important thing that I should take place and be a part of, that I would guard the instrument. By the way, the church is the instrument that God chose to use to reveal himself to the world. We're supposed to guard that. We're supposed to guard that. Number eight, guard your faith. Matthew 16, 6. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In other words, guard your faith from things and people who would lead you away from your faith. Don't be tricked or fooled to think that your works will somehow save you and put you in a right relationship with God. Guard that. Guard your faith. Number nine, guard your desires. Guard your desires. Luke 12 says in verse 15, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is, life is not measured by how much you own. And really that's that guarding against any desire that draws your attention, your affection away from Jesus. Guard against that. So all these things are guard. But the last one I think is the big one. Guard your tr the trust that has been given to you. Guard the trust. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. And by the way, if you go into... 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, there you can do an entire study on Paul charging a young man named Timothy to guard the faith, to guard this trust, to guard what he's put in into, God has put into his hands, to guard this. But it says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 14, it says, guard the good deposit, 
guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, lives in us. And so just let me break this down a little bit. Sometimes the trust that was regarded or, or talked about in this text refers to simply this idea of money. I'm going to have money and I'm going to go and put it in somebody's hand. I'm going to trust you to take care of that for me like we do with a bank. We understand that. It's a good deposit that I, when I come back later, it's still going to be there. And, and, and that's the simplest idea. But sometimes the trust represents a treasured or sacred gift to hold for safekeeping. And he said, the sacred gift. Today, I, I got up this morning, I was thinking about a, any, what, what, what's sacred to me that's an object? I mean, because we're going to talk about things that aren't objects, but what's sacred? You know what it is, is I have one Bible, and it's up on my dresser, and it's, and it's from my grandmother. And it was before I gave my life to Christ, it's before I began to serve him, she had wrote and written my name in that Bible. And, and so it always reminds me that God had me on his mind well before I ever thought of him. It always reminds me of that. It's, it's that sacred thing that, I, I mean, you could take probably everything I have away from me. I mean, all the motorcycles I have, maybe, no. <laughs> you could take all the things I have away from me, but that one thing is probably the most precious object that I own because that's what it represents. And so it's the sacred trust that I'm going to trust, that I'm going to care for this. And one day I hope that I can give it to my kids or pass it on or whatever, but I, I don't even know what to do with it. It's just that important to me. And so it's this guarding something that's sacred or treasured. Biblically, though, check this out. There's a couple things that are sacred for us to guard. And, and here's, here's one of them. Children are actually a sacred trust. Your children are gifts from God as a sacred trust. He's giving you children that you would guard them as a trust given from the Lord, that when he comes back for what he gave you, it would be there, all right? Here's, here's another one, is that children are a sacred trust. The gospel message that you've received is a sacred trust. The fact that you know that Jesus died on the cross for you and you were unable to do anything about that yourself is a sacred trust. Here's another one. Your spiritual gift is a sacred trust. And so here's the point of this verse that I'm not just guarding something for myself. There's part of it that I guard it because it's going to make a difference in my life personally. I'm not just guarding something for myself. I'm guarding so it might be able to at some point pass it on. And so here lies the point of today's message. All those guarding things that we just talked about pointing to this one thought. If we do not guard, we do not have anything to pass on. If we do not guard, we do not have anything to pass on. And so, this is the big idea. If, if our faith is faithless, if our being is stained, if our truth is not truth of all, if the house of God is not a place of healing, if our marriages are unfaithful, if our desires are darkened, if our words are dangerous, we have nothing to guard and nothing to give away. That's why guarding is so important. That's why guarding is so important. So that's the first point. It's, it's not necessarily for me to guard. It's for somebody else to have. The second thought, and this comes from this verse as well, I'm not guarding by myself. It's not up to you to click your heels, snap your fingers, and make it happen. It's up to you to surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life to help you do it. He's the one that makes it happen. 
And so that's the reality. It's not, it, it's not guarding for myself, and I'm not guard, guarding by myself. I'm guarding with the work of the Holy Spirit. So here's three things real quickly as I close that we need to understand so we can trust a guard to trust. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. God has made us what we are. God has made us what we are. He has created us in Christ Jesus to live lives filled with good works that he has prepared for us to do. Three thoughts. First one is this. We all have a broken story. We all have a broken story. There is not a person in this room that can say, not me. No, you have a broken story. You might not even be aware of it, but you have a broken story. See, many of us look at what we are and use our past as an excuse for why we can't be a guardian. I have a background. I have a record. I have a past. I've had a bad experience. And the truth, we all come from some kind of struggle or difficulty. Just like in the movie, they had all come from something that was bad. They had all come from something that was not quite right. They had all come from home life that was backwards. They all came from relationships that had blown up in their face. They had all come from these broken backgrounds. But yet God for us is in the middle of that we are his workmanship in spite of our brokenness God is still in the midst of us and here's what happens we might feel like we have been snatched by aliens but our broken story is what equips us to be guardians and those who have lost something know the importance of guarding something think about it You become a great guard because you've lost something. You know what it means to lose. You know what it means to be broken. And you're going to guard so that somebody else doesn't have to experience the depth of that brokenness. You get that. The question is, will we let God use it for his glory? Will we let our brokenness be used by God? We are all his workmanship. We are all created by God. God has made us what we are. Here's the second point. Is we all have an amazing opportunity. It's called this life. We all have an amazing opportunity to live lives filled with good works. We might be a motley crew. Really? Motley crew? Motley crew? Motley crew? Motley crew? We might be. Matter of fact, we are. God would use us. He gives us an opportunity. We have an opportunity to be winners. Life has always been losing. We have an opportunity to be heroes. And we've always been something else. To be world changers. To make a difference in the lives of those around us. We have that opportunity. You have that opportunity. I have that opportunity. And see, sometimes life just places us in the middle of opportunities to be guardians. You might be right where you're at right now to be a guardian of the trust or all those other things. And there's a couple quotes, there's a quote that came from Star-Lord in the movie. He said, many of us are losers. We have lost stuff. It was in the clip too. But today is a chance, an opportunity. We might die in the process, but we are guardians of the galaxy. What a truth. The last one is this, and we'll close. We all have a huge responsibility. Scripture says, prepared for us to do. There's things that have been prepared before you were even born for you to do. 
not some rule or thing, something like that, but something that's huge and significant. Here's something I was thinking about this, this thought, huge responsibility, whether we want it or not, we've got it. Whether we want it or not, we got it. Whether we planned it or not, we're, we're part of this huge responsibility. Each of us are here to make a ta- contribution. We're not here to consume. I love what Rocket the raccoon said in the movie. He said this, <laughs> great quote, I didn't ask to get made. I didn't ask to get made, but I'm here. And so I have a responsibility. And then Quill, he, he has a great line in there too. He was willing to risk his life because of, of an unseen responsibility that he sensed. He was willing to risk his life for a green girl. And he said this to her after he did it. He risked his life. He said, I saw you out there, and I could not let you die. I saw you out there, and I could not let you die. I have a responsibility. Let's pray. So our hearts are bowed before the, the God that created all of us. He's made us what we are. Our past, our experiences, everything that we have. As we bow our hearts, God. Lord, may we step up to the, the challenge, to the invitation to guard what's been tr- entrusted to us. The good deposit. Lord, whether it be the message of the gospel, whether whether it be the children that are around us, whether it be the opportunities, whatever it might be, Lord, may we guard it and bring glory and honor to you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen.